A gap exists for women of color when it comes to advancement and opportunity in corporate environments. And this podcast is intended to start the dialogue on the lived experience of two such women of color who became fast friends through the bonds of their otherness. We weave in storytelling, humor, and firsthand insights of navigating the corporate world as women of color who also want to see change in the world for all women now and in the future. We hope for a future where diversity of thought in all of its forms is celebrated and sought out in the corporate world. And we hope you'll join us in the dialogue to get us there. So welcome, Susie, to episode number four. Wow. Yay. <laughs> We're making some progress. <laughs> um, this particular episode is one that we've been talking about for a long time in terms of unpacking some of the experiences that I've had Mm -hmm. as a woman of color and leadership and oftentimes feeling like I don't necessarily have role models or anybody else that really looks like me to look to to understand how to navigate those experiences and you know we are just coming off quite a high (laughs) (laughs) definitely yeah we're sitting in a, a hotel room in downtown Edmonton Alberta we just got to see Michelle Obama last night and um, so many takeaways. Like So inspirational. Yeah. Like it's beyond words, right? Yeah. To be, it's so funny because you always wonder about these book tours and say, is it just going to be talking more about the book mm-hmm. or are we going to come away with something much more and holy smokes, yeah. like beyond impacted. I think we stayed up till like one o'clock talking <laughs> about it. Just buzzing, buzzing right? over her energy and I think the thing that I always tell people that the reason I find her so admirable is because there's such an elegance and a grace and a way in which she navigates the world without really getting flustered around the things that are being thrown at her, Mm -hmm. the things that people say about her, um, all of the negative and nasty. She understands that she has a platform and a purpose. And some of the things that she talked about just were unbelievably accessible. Right. And you think about the fact that she was a former first lady of the United States for eight years. Eight years. You know, like that's an insane responsibility. But we both read her book and we Mm -hmm. know she had very humble beginnings. And I think that's what's resonated with us significantly is that this is a woman who, um, her brother actually said in Mm -hmm. one of the videos that they showed that Michelle's life shouldn't be like inaccessible to anybody though that way of the experiences that she's had mm-hmm. are available to absolutely everybody in the world if you you know think about yourself in the right way and you are worthy and you recognize that that's possible right so well that's to the point of what Michelle said is that we we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that kids know yes. because it starts there right because yes. she talked about her humble beginnings but the reality of it was it was deep rooted in in care mm-hmm. love and true like her parents took care of her in a way that she felt that she was valuable yes and so just even having that that lens of making sure everybody knows Mm -hmm. that they're valuable they're heard yes right huge um the hashtag yesterday was was hashtag i am becoming and they started off the night with um uh, four different uh edmonton women local edmonton women basically speaking to what they are becoming. So I'd love to ask you, if you look over the next year, the next little while in terms of the kind of impact you want to make and what you want to become, Mm -hmm. what are you becoming? Oh my goodness. So many words Mm -hmm. I could use there, but um, definitely just becoming to to care for myself Mm -hmm. big time. Mm -hmm. And in that, we'll then be able to become an influencer and impact others in the same way so that I'm able to lift up and raise up 
the voices of other women and mm. it might be even girls right yes. helping them find their true value yeah because I think that's something I struggle with personally yes oh that's huge what about yourself I think very much the same and I think for me it's more and more just kind of, you know going into those experiences and finding my voice in a much more meaningful way and like really literally not holding myself back yeah. and recognizing that um there's a reason for why I've the person that has kind of come over a lot of things with respect to being shy and being introverted and all of that and being able to do the things that I do today Mm -hmm. I realize that that in itself is such a huge blessing and I have a platform and a responsibility as you said as a leader in particular to be able to use my voice to be able to really influence and impact change and I want to be able to be that person that surrounds herself by people who inspire Yes, me and to be able to lift other people up based on potential and give them opportunity, yeah. and I just want to become more of that person yeah. that is truly living an authentic life. Well, you're in you're, every way, yeah, and you're starting, yeah, like you're truly starting that. I'm seeing it. I'm loving watching you yeah. on this journey of leadership. So let's let's dive into that. Cause okay, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is why we're here, yes, right? Yes. But I mean, you know, when we when we talk about leadership, and we talked about this actually, mm-hmm. is that. The reality is that women of color are in leadership roles across the world. Yes, globally. Absolutely. Yep. But in our experience, yeah. not so much <laughs> no. in little old Calgary, Alberta. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that as mm. you've kind of stepped into this leadership role. Talk to us about maybe some of the biggest challenges that you faced. And, you know, I want, I'm curious to hear kind of how you've been kind of working through those things because mm-hmm. it's not a, there's no end, end no. destination there, but it's a journey, right? It is. Um, so I think one thing as well to provide some context into the journey that I've had as well is um, I never really saw myself in this kind of capacity ever. I'm um, Growing up as a kid, I was very um, sort of maybe what you would call underachieving in some ways. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of moments of um, being sort of feet to the fire, being told that if I didn't sort of get things right in terms of grades and focus, that I wouldn't get anywhere. And that was a consistent theme that showed up in my entire schooling and education up until grad school. That was probably the moment of, there was still a lot of moments of fear and like not knowing if I was enough to be able to navigate through that. Of course. But at that point I had accomplished the things I had set out to do initially. And I just was doing grad school as a, I'm really excited about turning my career into an HR career. And this was the way I felt like I was going to be able to do that. Um, so it was a lot of being told I wasn't good enough and I wasn't capable. I still remember, and Michelle Obama actually talked about this yesterday in the conversation in, in when she was looking to apply to, to law school, and certain people, figures in her life, really underestimated what she was capable of doing, that she mm-hmm. wasn't special enough to be able to get into Harvard yes. Law. And there was this feeling of, you know, for her, there was a lot of falling back on the fact that she knew she had great grades and she knew she, you know, earned it, yeah. right? Yeah. For me, it was always this place of never knowing exactly what I wanted to do, where my focus and where my passion was, mm-hmm. and really switching majors many times and not having any focus. Finally, when I decided to focus on business, that's where things really started to align for me because mm-hmm. as a kid, I would sit with my dad and watch like Venture and Marketplace, which are... Um, very Canadian business shows that just excited me so much to learn about those things, right? But I remember very vividly in college, the first year I did amazingly well. I was very focused. 
And then the second year, I started making friends and partying and just enjoying being an 18-year-old kid. Absolutely. Right? With the first sense of real freedom. And my grades just took a, a tumble. And I still, to this day, will never, ever forget. I had a guidance counselor at the college that I attended who told me, don't even try to bother to go for a degree. There's no way you're going to be able to accomplish that. And it was this moment of, let me show you what I'm capable of doing. (laughs) And that's from that moment on. It was this this adjustment and this fix and this determination to be able to prove to others that I was actually capable of doing something big and great. And it took a long time because I worked while I was going to school. And then when I decided to do grad school, it was just this cherry on top in terms of the accomplishments and the desire to push myself to do something completely different. But that's kind of been the the experience even in leadership. It's always been this feeling of, am I enough? Mm. Do people really think that I'm capable of doing this? Because I literally do not see anybody around me, especially in our organization and in the the group that we work in. Mm -hmm. And to be frank, in every single HR team that I've ever worked in, I've never seen it. I've never seen representation whatsoever. Me neither. So it's almost like there's this loneliness, there's this isolation, there's no roadmap to success in terms of you've seen other people that look like you that have been able to be successful, that have been able to get to the the top. And, you know, we've talked about this. It's not like I necessarily desire to be the next head of HR. That's not my roadmap for myself, right? That's not where I desire to put my energy but to be able to do really good work, to make great impact, and to make good money at of course. it, and not be apologetic about that, yeah, it's difficult when you literally don't see anybody that you feel like you could follow in their footsteps. Of course. And it goes deeper than color. A lot yeah. of it is, of course, related to experience, and um, you know, there's a lot of layers of being Pakistani, being Muslim, being first-generation Canadian. All of those things are yeah. layered in there. But the fact that I can't see it, I just literally don't even feel like it's it's possible or accessible. So it's always this uphill battle mm-hmm. constantly. And then it makes you feel like, and you know, you're talking about imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Like truly yes. trying to prove yes. your worth and try to find value wherever you go and proving yourself. Yes. And see, and that really bugs me about yeah. you because you don't need to prove yourself. You are this amazing human being. And the fact that nobody can see that is ridiculous or that people in your life mm-hmm. have not seen that. Mm-hmm. But then what does that do to you as a leader in terms of how you navigate you know, leading others. Cause I think influencing others is a big part of leadership. Yeah. So talk to me about that. Like how does, how has that impacted you? Because you have to almost work two faces, right? You do. One upward facing one to your team. So, yeah. And I think you know this about me that I have a very, very hard time playing into politics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that person. I, I naturally just like a cringe at the idea of being mm-hmm. that person that will go out of their way to make an impression or to say the right things like I literally shoot from the hip and I yeah. speak from the heart all the time, right? And um, and that's something that I've I've tried not to falter on when it comes to either connecting with my team or connecting with the larger um, leadership team and the, the the group that we work in. I tell it like it is, and mind you, I hold myself back a lot, and you I have to. I double check and I question whether I should be right. saying certain things and putting it out there. But I'm the type of person as well that I can like. Like when I write, it's one of those same things where I just like pour my guts out. Yeah. I throw it out there. It's like I just throw out a grenade and then I walk away. <laughs> That's kind of how I am when in the meetings with the larger leadership structure too, is I just, I'll say it and then yeah. I just sort of wait to see how people react. Right. And 
there's been this shift in me, at least in the last little while since we started this journey, yeah. um, to start talking about those things in a much more significant way. Because at this point, I'm like, at the core of it, I really don't feel like I have anything to lose. There's things about me that no one can ever take away. No. Right? Like, someone can take away my job. They can yes. take away my title. They can take away yeah. my salary. The things that they can never take away are my education, the way that I think, my heart, the my value. impact focus, my totally. values. Yeah. Absolutely. The connections. No one can ever take those things away. Mm-hmm. And the integrity mm-hmm. in which I like like to be able to think that I navigate the world with. And so at this point, I'm just like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm yeah. going to tell you how it feels. I'm going to tell the world that this isn't how it should be. It's 2019. <laughs> this is not okay. Yep. You know, in, in organizations that we've worked for, we've been born and raised in a very predominantly white culture. It has been our experience since we were children. Yep. And if you look around the demographics of our city and our province today, yep. that's not the case. And why is it that we don't see the representation? I know. It just makes me very angry. And I'm trying to navigate that line of... Not being a victim, not yeah. being angry, but being a really smart, intelligent, articulate voice where people will listen. And that's the thing I love about Michelle Obama. I was is just going to say. <laughs> right? Where's your Michelle that. Obama? Yeah. It's like yeah. she can say these things and people will listen because there's a way in which she carries herself. Yeah. There's a poise and a confidence and a self-assurance that people stop and listen. Right. Even if it's uncomfortable for them. Yeah. I need to get there. I'm not there yet. We're getting there. This is yeah. part of the journey, right? And yeah. like, you know, I know we talked about this a little bit about, you know, assimilating into yes. what we see. And I mean, yes. I grew up doing it. You grew up doing yeah. it. I mean, it's just part of who we are. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to break out of that. It is. Right? And especially when now, especially especially now for you, where you're highlighted in the sense that you're in a very key leadership role, you have a great opportunity and you want to seize the moment. Yeah. So I'm so proud of you of like finding your voice and being unapologetically <laughs> shooting from the hips. Yeah. Um, we as your team appreciate that mm-hmm. because I know you, you do shelter people from the downfall of that yeah but the reality is we we do need to keep doing and pushing mm-hmm. in that in that vein yeah and I think that's important absolutely so when we talk about that like shooting from the hips mm-hmm. dropping the grenade and walking away <laughs> <laughs> what has the reaction been I'm very curious about that yeah. have you seen a significant shift in in that or you know are you finding that you're still finding that 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 oh, yeah. blindness to to it all there's a lot of barriers I can't yeah. even tell you like it's almost like one of those things that literally people, when they think about gender parity, they literally don't go beyond the balance of women and men. Yeah. And they don't actually ever want to acknowledge because they probably have a million priorities. And the last thing they need Absolutely. to think about is, you know, that woman of color that might be sitting in the corner office that you kind of forgot about. Mm-hmm. And when I bring it up, it often gets ignored. And this right? is probably what has birthed the idea of this podcast. And yeah. The conversations that you and I have been having for a long time is yeah. because over probably the last two years in the sense that I felt like I've had the opportunity, the autonomy, the ability to really express myself in, in the environments that I'm in, I'm in, it just gets ignored, consistently yeah. gets ignored. It gets kind Not of like surprised. you get a pat on the head. Yeah. You get people trying to compare their experiences oh. to you. Right. And trying to connect in a way that obviously comes from a good place. They want to be able to connect and say, I understand what it likes, what it's like to be an outsider. Yeah. But not actually recognizing the position of privilege that they have and the fact that they have such influence. Right. As people in the majority, 
as leaders, executives within organizations, they yes. have immense influence and they don't even realize it. And they don't want to acknowledge it or use it. And yeah. it's, I literally feel like it's a constant battle to get heard and to feel like people will take it seriously. Yeah. Because to be frank, like, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and she's like, honestly, like, if something's working, why, why, why fix it, right? Yeah. It's not why broken. Change it? Why yeah. change it? Yep. What's the benefit of adding in these people into your organization or throwing in people that don't think like you or look like you or any of those things? When it's going to be uncomfortable yeah. and it's going to be hard to get to a place of synergy. Yeah. And it's like people need to look long term. Yeah. You know, we talk about that all the time with strategy and business planning. Right. And we can't think that way in terms of how we're people, people and developing people and right. talent and the workforce is changing so much. Crazy. If we don't catch up, we're going to be completely left behind. Yeah. And they don't get it. And I don't know how else to position it. I, I try the business lens. I try the empathy lens. <laughs> <laughs> I try all of these things and none, none of it really works. I just get um, pats on the head, comparisons to other people's experiences around not speaking a particular language and being in a new country. And it's like, mm-hmm. you realize that that is something you can fix. Yes. I can't fix the color of my skin. Yeah. Yeah. I walk into the room and people know. Yeah. And I... that immediately makes me an other. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, there's so many things there, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, the other day we were, we were sitting in a meeting and, you know, I, I was telling you about this, how the, the representation is just so clear. There's this big divide when it comes to people of color, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like, and yet we see it, but we don't say anything about it. And we need leaders like you to, to start having those conversations. And it's not about, you know, rocking the boat. It's not about mm. upturning things or really changing the way we do things. It's just about opening our eyes yeah. and looking around you and seeing what you do have. Totally. And like, so how do we get those voices up? So as a leader, I'd love your perspective on how do we, how do we motivate or inspire, you know, our other women of color yeah. that are in those positions to start lifting their heads up and start lifting their voices up like do you have any ideas of you know what's got you hurt a little bit and what's what's working yeah it's a great question and something that I still grapple with a lot we talk about this Mm -hmm. all the time and the desire to kind of utilize this platform to move ourselves further into building community and um, more camaraderie amongst women of color to lift one another up and that's a big part of it it's like looking to find those allies within your organization that you really feel like you can talk to um, they don't have to look like you, but it's no. nice if they do because yeah. you get each other in some capacity. Absolutely. But it's also like a matter of recognizing that there is so much worthiness in your voice and that it may not necessarily be heard in the ways in which you've necessarily tried before. Mm-hmm. So trying different platforms and different ways in which you can express yourself. That's the thing that, I don't know, like I, I talk a lot about Um, being an introvert and being sort of labeled shy when I was a kid for a very, very long time. And the things that have really helped me come out of that have been things like being in drama class in junior high and high school. That was a big thing for me. But then also as I've gotten into my career and further and further, I'm realizing I'm not a spotlight person in that kind of way. I don't Mm. like people looking at me and sort of paying attention in that way. Really? But I... (laughs) I know I'm I'm on a lot of things, but it's not out of a desire to be out there. It's more of a push yourself to do it. Um, and everybody wants to hear well, from you. I don't know. You but... need to own that. <laughs> thank you. I'm I'm learning to receive this week, so thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a matter of finding those platforms and those yeah. places where you can you can use your authentic voice. So for me, yeah. 
it's always been writing. Yeah. It's always been putting words down on paper or on your laptop, typing something up, putting up an article on LinkedIn, connecting, finding other people that are part of your tribe in that way. Totally. And lifting one another up in that capacity because a lot of it is just building a sense of confidence in your own voice and knowing that it's worth it and it's worthy of it being heard in some way. And it's almost like the same thing with this podcast where it's like we literally don't know if anybody but are like... (laughs) close close family and friends will listen to it right and that's okay because for us it's a moment of pushing ourselves it's a courageous experience yeah and that's another thing it's like find those opportunities to really push yourself out of your comfort zone yes like don't get comfortable because you've not been heard and that you just have to stay quiet and you don't want to push yourself to do more because no one's going to really pay attention push yourself to try something different right like tap into that innate sense of courage and recognize that it's courageous and give yourself the space to be okay with the fact that it may not go perfectly but there's a huge learning opportunity in those experiences but find your platform yeah find what works for you whether it's one-on-one conversation whether it's in a more public way yeah um but take it one step at a time in that respect and start speaking to your story in a way that feels authentic to you yeah I love that. And I know this is part of why we're doing what we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think, like you said, you know, it may not be courageous, like people, like it would feel that way, but it might be small. It might be the smallest thing. Like you said, a one-on-one conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to other leaders? How would you ask? Oh, Oh, yeah, I'm going there. Can I go on? Yeah. Can I have like five minutes of a soapbox here? Exactly. Honestly, Susie, I'm like, for sakes I'm just gonna say it I'm sorry for swearing but I'm just it it boils my blood Mm -hmm. you have a responsibility you are a leader yeah you do not want to surround yourself by people that think and look exactly like you you literally get nowhere if you do that you're just stroking your own ego if you surround yourself by things and And people that look exactly like you that it, it, it boils my blood so much to see that in 2019 we are living in this amazing country with such good intentions around all of these things that we talked about yes a couple episodes ago around around um, multiculturalism yeah. and you know all of the thing, the intentions around our way of being yes there's no excuses you have access to all of this amazing talent open up your eyes to mm-hmm. get to know people for who they really are right. connect with them in a really meaningful way yes don't base things based on a resume or a judgment based on you know what you might perceive someone to be to based be. on their background yep have a conversation connect with people engage be honest about things too right mm-hmm. like look at your own barriers and look at yourself in the mirror and say like what am i doing as a leader to make a move in that regard to yes. really make an impact around inclusion and diversity and understanding like how my own biases are showing up in the way that I make decisions and I lead and as as quote-unquote woke as you might be (laughs) and I feel like I am fairly woke I have my biases too right of course you do like for me we've been talking about this where we're hiring for our team right Mm -hmm. now and one of the biggest things is wanting people who inspire us we want to be around people who yeah, you can find great people, great recruiters who can do really great work, but that's not enough for me anymore. Yeah. And maybe that's a personal bias of mine and, and maybe I should be just hiring the workhorse that can just come in and do a really great job. But I want to surround myself by people who will make me think differently yeah. and who will push me to challenge myself. And mind you, the values have to be the same in terms of the of things course. that we look for and the yeah. connection there. 
but it's really about the fact that as a leader you have a responsibility and there's really no excuses around the fact that you can't just expect other people to do things for you yes in terms of hr has to figure it out for you Mm -hmm. you know take ownership take responsibility show up in the process yeah show up in conversations and lead with authenticity yeah do it like even if it feels so uncomfortable for you it's the most important thing that will get people following you for the rest of your life right and will make the biggest impact you may not always be seen as the strategic cutthroat business leader yeah but you're going to be seen as a human being that has purpose and desires to make a difference. And, and I, yeah, I think it'll get you so much further. I think so. Like I think about the leaders that I've had in my life and I've gone through different industries and different companies mm-hmm. and the only leaders that have ever made an impact and I've seen been very successful mm-hmm. are ones that are authentic. The ones that are taking the time to understand what's getting, what are they doing yeah. to actually create a problem or yeah. blocks or challenges for their team or potential team members um but also how do they improve right those leaders that are constantly striving and we talk about this as our organization these are the types of people we want yeah you know and yet the lens doesn't go to the leadership sometimes right we forget that even internally right even internal team members we don't actually talk about this too Mm much how do we get our people there how do we help them develop to there right um so let's not leave anyone behind in this journey yeah but I, lo- I love the fact that you're you're calling it out because I think it's it's something that is uncomfortable and it's going to yes. be hard. It's yes. not easy. No, it's not at all. Right? I mean, it's hard for us, even for you and I, when we sit and talk about these things, it's hard for us to also, you know, have those conversations as well. But that's why it's important to have yeah. those conversations. And you, you mentioned something that's really key is about allyship. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and Michelle Obama talks about that. Yeah. What I loved about what she talked about was the way that, um, you know, we talk about mentorship and and people kind of helping one another up it's usually women look to women mm-hmm. yeah. and the reality she said is that foundationally what gave her the confidence to yeah. be like I'm going to show you so you're same you guys have that kind of same cha- yeah. channeling energy <laughs> um is it came from the basis of having men in her life yes. that showed her yeah. what true men or true allyship should look like yeah. right how do men in her life like show up for her yep. right and I, I I recognize that wholly because yep. from a you know a culture that puts men before women yes. I can see that a hundred percent why yep. that would help and where that 100%. confidence com- comes from right yep. so I think that's something that's right like yep. we need to call that out to, yep. to help people totally. how do you like we talked about you know obviously not the I guess it is ignorance but is the blindness yep. to how they're coming across mm-hmm. as leaders but also, how do we help them become allies totally. to others, right? I'm taking applications for uh, powerful white men to be my ally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would do Call a out. lot for my career, to be honest. Because Honestly. That's, that's a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I say it in a cross way, but it's, it's actually, the core of it is really, there's a fundamental truth about it that there's, and this is something that I, I grapple with a lot, is how do I speak in such a way that the people in the majority really understand that they have power and they have influence and yes. they have responsibility. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's not about just going and finding people in your own likeness yeah. and not really recognizing that that's your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. But it's really about saying, okay, well I'm going to purposely go out and find someone who challenges me in a different kind of a way who makes me look at the world a little bit differently because of this, this and this, their experiences because they're a person of color, maybe because they, they grew up in a different part of the world maybe they they have a significant amount of unique sort of 
education that just mm-hmm. adds a different layer of color to their Absolutely. life. Those are the things that they need to be looking for, right? Yeah. And not necessarily finding those people that are yes people that yeah. will tell them what they want to hear. Yes. Because who wants to be surrounded by that, right? You're, you're only going to get your ego stroked, but you're never going to progress as an organization, as a team in the work that you do. And honestly, like I, I say it crassly, like I said, but white men are in the majority yeah. and they have a lot of influence and a lot of power. And if if I had something like that in my corner, I can imagine how many barriers I would overcome. Yeah. Right? You because there's down. such an influence there. There's such a, you get a recommendation from one of those executives. Yeah. And your whole career is, is it's all out. these doors open up for Absolutely. you all of a sudden, right? Absolutely. Such an opportunity, yeah. right? So, you know. Big call out. Yeah. <laughs> we have our email address there on the <laughs> on the page of the podcast. You're welcome to connect. We're taking applications, both Susie and I. <laughs> Love it. All right. This was such a great conversation yeah. and I know it's not over right no like this it's is, just the beginning right we're just literally chipping the tip of the iceberg and I yeah. know there's much more to come mm-hmm. um but as we've been our theme yes courage stories theme. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so what's your courage story for this week you know it's funny we talked about this that we kind of struggled a little bit with what we could really say because you know there's moments and and yes. I, I say this one out of uh, not really for my story but something just to add a little bit of color to the conversation. Um, I'm a very, I like to be very put together. You know that. Like I, I, I take a lot of time and effort and energy into putting myself together every day. And I had a friend of mine a couple of months ago who was like, you know, why don't you ever just go outside without makeup? Like that's that could be a thing <laughs> for you to just kind of push yourself to try it. And we decided a couple last week, I think it was just to go for coffee. And it was happened to be one of the most beautiful days that we've had in a really long time in the city. And I live in downtown and it's a pretty bustling area. And we decided to go meet on this one street for coffee. And I was like, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to not wear my makeup and I'm just going to put myself out there and just go and just be me. Right. Love it. Show up as authentically as possible. And of (laughs) course, like every patio is like full of, you know, beautiful single men everywhere. And I'm just like walking around like with my glasses and with no makeup. I mean, that was such a silly moment, but it meant it it was a lot. right? Right. And it was like one of those things where it's so small, but it actually made a big deal for me in terms of being able to be okay with that and, and just being okay with the fact that it didn't have to look a certain kind of way all the time to be able to be just free and happy and exist in the world right but we talked a little bit about this too is that sometimes the moments of courage don't have to be Mm -hmm. huge things Mm -hmm. and they can sometimes be just intentions and they can be a different direction and an inspiration and um we talked a little bit about the fact that um a couple weeks ago we know there was a horrible massacre in new zealand at the at the mosque in christchurch and I'm, I'm not a particularly religious person, and I, yeah. I um, practice a different sect of Islam that is a little bit different. We don't go to a mosque. It's a very different kind of um, interpretation of the faith and mm-hmm. the way in which we um, practice. It's quite different. And there was something about that experience, though, of, of seeing what happened and the, the crassness of everything and the, mm-hmm. the vile sort of approach to... I mean, vile isn't even the right word. No. It doesn't even do it any no. sort of justice in terms of how disgusting and inhumane the human that did this, um, live streaming it and thinking Ugh. that it was something to, you know, persecute people for their beliefs and their the way in which they live their lives. And there was something about that that just triggered something in me in terms yeah. of a desire 
that I have around educating and around showing people the light around what Islam really means. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not a very religious person, but that was this moment of turning something for me. Yeah. It's like I have this really reignited desire to go in to speak to people about what it means to be Muslim. Mm -hmm. Somebody tweeted with very good intentions around peaceful Muslims. And I was like, peaceful (laughs) Islam isn't this. I'm like, Islam means peace. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's a fundamental misunderstanding around the fact that anybody that's doing things in this terrorist kind of capacity is nothing to do with Islam. Yeah. It's completely fundamental Radical. It has nothing to do with the core of the religion. Yeah. And it actually breaks my heart because to me, those could have been my parents in, in, in Kane is what we call it. Right. Sitting in prayer in their most vulnerable moment. Right. And to me, there was nothing like, like I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't fathom the idea. No. There was a three-year-old boy that was murdered. Oh. There was people that were going on their Friday night doing what they do to connect with God yeah. and this is how their life ended because some person and it's like we can get into all of the data around white supremacy and how many white men actually commit more of these types of crimes than you ever find Muslim men or any people of color doing these types of things yeah. but nobody wants to hear that they just want to see that oh it's it's Muslim it's it's okay they can they can be murdered in their place of worship oh my gosh so there was something very, very jarring about that experience. And I started following this one individual who talks a lot about Islamophobia. And he did a whole series on his Instagram feed about humanizing the experiences of the people and telling their stories. Yeah. And it just, it resonated so deeply with me that it was this moment for me to be like, you know what? I have a platform and I have a responsibility as a Muslim woman and as yeah. a leader in whatever community that I happen to be in. I need mm-hmm. to start speaking about this in a more... Um, more succinct way and educating people and showing them what it's actually like and what I was born and raised in that has nothing to do with any of those things so it hasn't happened yet in terms of my courage and stepping into that fully but I think it took a lot of courage for me to kind of get there so that was kind of where I was sort of grappling grappling with whether it's really gets defined as a courage story or if it, it's, it it's a work in progress. Well, it's an, it's an inspiration mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. your courageous story, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think, oh, I, I can't even, I mean, I know I'm not of that religion mm-hmm. or that faith or even I'm close to it from, through my friends, yeah. of course, but um, yes. So inspiration comes from many different ways. Unfortunately, yeah. this one was very tragic. Yes. But like you said, you can use this as a platform to yeah. share with the world the good. Yeah. The reality, the reality, the reality of what it is. So it's like my God, you. if you if you met my father, and my mother, and the millions and millions of other people that are such kind, good, good human selfless beings. humans, you would realize that Islam is really based in that. And it's it like we don't say that about white people when somebody goes and murders a bunch of people. We I don't know. say that it has something to do with their religion because no. it's literally outside of that. Yeah, it's literally coming it from a becomes, place of fear. Becomes individual. Yeah. Oh it no, does. it's just that one person. Yeah. It's that one incident. Yeah. And so. I mean, Michelle Obama even talks about it about being black in, yeah. in Southside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it, so, yeah. it spans many different cultures, religions, yeah. right? It's yeah. borderless, I would say. It is. So, yeah. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's very inspirational. So I, come, I guess. Yeah, I can't wait to see. <laughs> and what about yourself? My story. So, I'm in the same vein as you are. I, I really struggled with this this week for some reason. Um, but I would say mine's more inspirational as well. So, mm-hmm. more to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a great opportunity to judge... Um, some students actually yeah. submissions from students yeah. to gain access to a great conference mm-hmm. um, that our company is sponsoring. Mm-hmm. So I got to sift through a ton of amazing, brilliant, mm-hmm. emerging students, leaders, leaders, yeah, professionals, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them, and it just inspired this. And it's probably especially because I read Michelle Obama's book and then Mm. went to Michelle Obama. Mm. It's all tying together around I have such an opportunity, especially in the role that I play, um, to really help create that platform for students to stand on really solid ground Mm -hmm. and and feel heard and valued and every step of the way help them become and help our world become better with yes. these these amazing human beings that yeah. are going to be coming into the workforce right in the next couple of years mm-hmm. so um i really want to use that platform to to figure out a way whether it's maybe it's not university students maybe it's even before that mm-hmm. how do we start impacting these young humans yeah. right obviously it will be focused on girls because i feel like there's this opportunity there but yeah. selfishly yeah. um but also young young boys as well because yeah. they need it as well yeah. but yeah, I want to be a change for them. I want mm. them to feel, as Michelle Obama said, valued, yes. that they're heard, they're yes. seen. And it's 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 important. It's yeah. important work and that we all need to do a little bit of it. If we just, all of us took like a moment yeah. and did it for one person mm-hmm. in this world, yeah. right? That it's outside of your family, outside of your network. Yeah. And just made sure that you extended that that warm, you know, hand up, yeah. saying you are worth it, you are heard, you are valued. Yeah. I want to be a part of that. I want to make sure mm. that people want to be a part of that. So it gives me chills talking about using your life for purpose, right, and using yeah. your gifts for the right reasons. Yeah, I love that. Oh. Well, I was chilled by the submissions that I got to see. Yeah. They were so vulnerable. Yeah. They've had so much life experience, and they're yeah. only just in university. Yeah. And I thought, oh, the things that they can yeah. do, right? If they, that. Right? If they held on to that yes. authentic voice, that yes. genuine, just like true, raw yeah. human being, mm-hmm. and use that for good, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. the world will be a better place. 100%. And I, I think about this, too, with Michelle Obama and the story that she obviously has been positioned in such a way because of the fact that she was, you know, first lady for mm-hmm. eight years. Mm-hmm. But the story she had before she even got there was so Incredible. worthy. Yeah. And such gems of wisdom and mm-hmm. insight. And there's such a beauty in that, that that's what I think people admire her for. It's not that she was, has these amazing arms and does <laughs> like all of this great work Dances. for children and nutrition and all of that when she was in her platform. Yeah. But it was about the the resilience of the story of who she was growing up and the experiences of growing up with the father who had a disability, right? Growing up in lower income, you know, world, yeah. right? And and getting to the place she got to before she even met Barack and before she was ever before in that she position, was Michelle right? Obama, yeah. right? And yeah. she talks about that. It's her roots. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not Michelle Obama that we're in awe of. You know, it isn't, yeah. right? It's yeah. her roots. It's where yeah. she came from, the resilience of yes. really making that her success story, yeah. right? And the accessibility of that. But not letting go of that. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I love. Exactly. Right? Not pretending that that never existed. Yes. And that you didn't come from that. Because a lot of people do that. They do, yeah. right? And I love, she ended the night with this gem. I love this. I really, really love this. We need to teach people, especially our young people, that, you know, getting to success 
is not perfect. Yeah. It is not all glitz and glamour. No. You know, it is about falling down, the yes. scrapes, the cuts, the, you know, those things build us. Mm-hmm. Those things make us who we are. Yeah. And we need to celebrate the ugly sometimes, yes. right? The failures, yes. the falling down, because that's what makes us truly resilient. That's 100%. what makes us amazing. Yeah. So you can tell we were very impacted by her. Our <laughs> entire episode was really about a lot to do with Michelle Obama, but she we're just on a high after watching her. And this is um, it's crazy because I was on Facebook this morning and um, literally last year, the exact same day, I saw her. I didn't oh. realize it was a year ago. Wow. It was so trippy. And I was like, wow, like that's, that's amazing to be able to get that blessing and that opportunity to see that and twice in one lifetime, right? No and, kidding. Um, to be surrounded by the experience and, and what was amazing too was just the every walk of life was there every right. background race uh, like age like you just saw right a, amazing Spectrum. people that were so excited to be in her presence and to hear that and that's something I think we can all aspire to is how do you navigate when what does she say when they go low we, we stay high right that's and right. we go high and we gotta all sort of embrace that for ourselves we all so, gotta do that yeah and we'll all be better Well, so thank you so much for joining us today. And hopefully we were able to sort of relay some insight and some some perspective that maybe gave you some food for thought and planted some seeds around how you want to navigate the world as a leader, as a future leader, Mm -hmm. and the impact and the responsibility that can come from that. And, you know, more to come in our our future episodes as we kind of unpack and our inspiration comes in many different ways and forms. (laughs) And so who knows what will come next? Um, You know, we we have ideas, but we're kind of on the fly in terms of how we plan and position this entire podcast. So we thank you so much for joining us and we will connect um, in a couple of weeks time. Awesome. Thank you. you.